0: Anger is a bitter luck, but you can turn it. Hokusai, aged 83, said, Time to do my lines. Every morning, until he died. 219 days later, he made a line. Wind came gusting from the northwest. Lines swayed and leapt from the crests of the pine trees, onto the snowy road or crash together over his hut, their white paws mauling stars on the way down. "'I continue to draw, hoping for a peaceful day,' said Hokusai, as they thudded past. Hello, and welcome to Words That Burn, the podcast taking a closer look at poetry." This is the second part to a longer special on the poetry of Anne Carson. The first episode on her poem Shadowboxer is linked in the description below this episode. This poem is titled Hokusai and is named after the famous Japanese artists from the 18th century. You've no doubt seen some of his more famous works like The Great Wave. As in the previous episode, this work is taken from her collection Men in the Off Hours. It is a series of poems that looks at men from all angles. Their psychology, their physicality, their strengths, but more often, their shortcomings. Carson's poetry is not always understandable or even accessible. Carson is, after all, a poet who seems to write primarily for her own benefit, almost as a kind of meditation. But as with Shadowboxer, Hokusai can be deciphered With a little bit of context from history, and zoning in on one aspect of the male identity. In Shadowboxer, it was male guilt and trauma. Here, however, it is ego, frustration, and the anger that can often arise from it. Carson is a keen poet of the classics. In fact, antiquity in all its forms. While we might often more closely associate her with the Greek classics, This poem is proof that her interest is in global antiquity. It is not the only inspiration in her work, however. Coming in a close second is ekphrasis, the creation of writing or poetry around and in response to art. This poem, Hokusai, combines her two great inspirations and applies them into her series, Investigating Masculinity. The aspect that Carson chooses to focus on here seems to be the male ego, the perils of perfectionism and the overwhelming frustration that comes from its pursuit. Whilst these negative traits are not quintessentially male, they are most often associated with men. As an avatar for her deconstruction, Carson has chosen the Japanese painter. Katsushika Hokusai is today considered one of the key figures of Japanese art being particularly instrumental in the development of the yukio art movement. He was a great believer in the pursuit of perfection through practice, constant, relentless practice, some would argue to his detriment. It is that exact argument that becomes clear in the first section of the poem. Anger is a bitter luck, but you can turn it. Hokusai, aged 83, said, Time to do my lines. Every morning, until he died, 219 days later, he made a line. Carson's poem starts with a simple couplet, a metaphor for anger that can be easily understood by any reader. Anger is a difficult emotion to let go of, unlock, so to speak. It holds in place, But it can be used and worked, unlocked to a more useful purpose. Or maybe it is simply better to release it as quickly as possible. That is not here for Carson to debate. She chooses instead to focus on how one man deals with his anger. These opening lines are amongst the most enigmatic of the entire poem. The strange metaphor is almost a parody of Orientalist wisdom. But by the end of the poem, it becomes an analogy for what Hokusai himself is attempting to achieve in creating his lines. The next several lines of this first section are pure biography, directly detailing the later life of the great painter. Hokusai did indeed begin his daily meditation of painting lines when he was around 82. In this poem, Hokusai is in the midst of that practice, at 83 years of age. There is a very humanising, almost grandfatherly quality to the small line of dialogue that Carson creates for him. Time to do my lines. It is a testament to the humanity and warmth that Carson can breathe into ancient tales and lives. The subtle ways in which she relates the characters of her poems to her audience have become something of a trademark in her work. Hokusai himself referred to his paintings of lines as exorcisms against bad luck. This was furthered by the fact that the lines were actually Chinese lines, also known as shishi or guardian lines, spirits that were meant to help protect people. All of this was known by Hokusai and invoked intentionally to avoid bad fortune. The bad fortune he feared is never really revealed in historical texts, but that ambiguity ...is what gives Carson a chance to introduce her own themes. She takes the daily exorcisms to be a much more literal thing. In the second section of her poem... ...Carson takes the opportunity both to commend Hockersai's talent as an artist... ...and create a burst of action in her poem. Wind came gusting from the northwest. Lines swayed and leapt from the crests of the pine trees onto the snowy road, or crash together, over his hut, their white paws mauling stars on the way down." The poet has literally allowed Hokusai's lines to leap from the page. They are described linguistically as vividly as the way they are drawn by Hokusai. You can find a link to some of his lines in the description below this episode. Those winds help to invoke the flowing movement so characteristic in Hokusai's line work. It's interesting to note that at the beginning of their description, before completely leaping from the page, the lines are described in the same terms as the wind, with words like swaying and leapt. Soon after interacting with reality though, all traces of the line's grace are gone. There is a distinct sense of chaos left in their wake, with verbs like crashed and mauling being used for their actions now. More than that, there is a sense of speed and disruption to the snowy, calm landscape we were introduced to. Onto the snowy road or crash together over his hut. Even Hokusai's retreat isn't safe from their apparent rampage. Powerful imagery is created by Carson here, One of my favourite lines of the entire poem is, "mauling stars on the way down' It is one that I haven't been able to shake from my mind since I read it. The figurative lines are causing real damage to Hokusai's world." As I said, Carson's writing pays tribute to the Japanese master's ability to bring life to his work. Hokusai himself was very candid about his skill in that regard. He discussed his dedication to working from life, in a text accompanying his work. From the age of six, I had a passion for copying the form of things, and since the age of fifty I have published many drawings. Yet all I drew by my seventieth year, there is nothing worth taking into account. At seventy-three years, I partly understood the structure of animals, birds, insects and fishes and the life of grasses and plants. And so, at 86, I shall progress further. At 90, I shall even further penetrate their secret meaning. And by 100, I shall perhaps truly have reached the level of the marvelous and divine. When I am 110, each dot, each line, will possess a life of its own. When reading these words, it's clear that Hokusai was a man gripped by a passion that bordered on obsession. He clearly believed that the only way to produce better work was to practice more and more. He was a perfectionist in every sense. What strikes me as a little bit tragic from the lines, however, is when he states, There is nothing worth taking into account. He says this in reference to 70 years' worth of work. It is clear that in his pursuit of perfection, he cannot admire his progress. Using this quote helps us to understand the inner workings and ego of a man like Hokusai. In understanding the level of his passion, the final section of the poem is more easily understood. I continue to draw. Hoping for a peaceful day, said Hokusai, as they thudded past. There was a jarring shift in perspective once more, seeming to move to the first person, as Hokusai reaffirms his commitment. I continue to draw. The final two lines of that brief stanza reveal the true intent of the poem. Hoping for a peaceful day. Solace is not something that seems to be a part of his daily meditation, a paradox in itself. These exorcisms seem to be driving nothing away, perhaps why the famous artist is forced to pursue them over and over. The lines that are passing his small shack as he paints seem to go almost unnoticed by him. Their daily rampage has become mundane. As she did in the poem Shadowboxer, Carson has taken an aspect of antiquity and transformed it into a tool to dissect masculinity. What's being dissected here, though? For me, it is Hakusai's relentless pursuit of perfection, which here stands for that ego-driven goal in men. We know that he is angry from the very first line of the poem, and by the end of it we understand why. He has spent his life in pursuit. A flawless artistic skill, only to have it placed firmly outside his grasp by his own perfectionism. We know for a fact that by the end of his life, Hokusai was still expressing regret over not having had more time to work and practice. It is claimed, perhaps apocryphally, that upon his deathbed, he exclaimed, If only heaven will give me just another ten years! Just another five more years, then I could become a real painter. It is hard to believe that a man who has been recognised as a master of his craft could suffer from such imposter syndrome. And yet that is precisely what Carson is depicting. The driving of ego and the anger that arises from its unrealistic expectations. The lions cause daily chaos for Hokusai. They are an incarnation of his own frustration with art and painting. Each day they thunder through the snowy plains of his mind, and regardless, each day he ignores them and continues to draw and paint, hoping that one day, one of them will be good enough. So why this poem? Anne Carson once again provides a startlingly original way of accessing antiquity, but more importantly, this poem shows how anger can seep into our lives in the most innocuous of ways. It is only ever mentioned directly once, at the very beginning of the poem. Hokusai, as Carson imagines him, utilizes his anger to create art every day. At least, that's certainly how I read it the first time. I even thought this might be a worthwhile use of that anger. Once the lines and the chaos are introduced though, it became clear that Hokusai's anger, at his perceived lack of mastery, is simply his anger feeding itself in a loop. The lines, which are supposed to free and protect him, have actually become another source of chaos in his life. They damage the environment around Hokusai, even though he himself seems safe. This is a parallel for the ways in which our own anger can do more harm to those around us than to ourselves. This poem is an insightful look at unreleased male rage and ego, and how even our coping mechanisms can be destructive if pursued relentlessly. What did you think of the poem? I'd like to point out, as always, that this is my interpretation, and as such, very much up for debate. You can find the show notes for this episode in the description below. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to get in touch or suggest other poems for the podcast, you can find me in lots of different places. Check out my website www.wordsthatburnpodcast.com. I'm also on Instagram at Words That Burn Podcast and on Twitter at Words That Burn. The show notes to this episode, complete with links to all the research involved, is linked below as well. If you really enjoyed this episode, please consider giving me a review wherever you listen. It helps me out massively. Even better, if you know someone who would enjoy this poem, Send the episode to them directly. Once again, if you'd like to check out the first part to this Anne Carson special, the link is in the description. This week's episode was written and produced by me, Benjamin Colopy. The music in this week's episode was by Christopher Gallivan and is used under license. You can find a link to his work in the description. Thank you once again. For taking the time to listen to me. I really appreciate it.